0: Hello and welcome to Tech to Transform, the first ever Mantis podcast. Every month I'll be speaking to the leaders who are driving digital change forwards in the public sector. We will be discussing the major developments taking place and the challenges still being faced in harnessing tech to make digital transformation a reality. In episode one I sat down with Wayne Parks, chair of the National Police Technology Council and Ian Bell, CEO of Police ICT to find out more about the National Policing Digital Strategy, which was launched in January this year. The 10-year plan aims to accelerate police use of technology and also highlights the current barriers to change. As well as this, I asked Wayne and Ian what impact the COVID-19 pandemic has had on transformation goals for the police, and what can we expect to see in the way of tech developments in the coming weeks and months. Take a listen.
1: Well, uh, I've been in policing now since uh, late 2008, 2000, uh, early 2009. I started off in uh, Cambridgeshire Police, uh, and uh, from a uh, from an IT perspective in service delivery, and then progressed through various roles in Cambridgeshire, ultimately um, becoming uh, the CIO for three police forces in Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire. Um, I've then held a national IT program director's role, um, and then two years ago, uh, found myself becoming the chief exec of the police IT company. And I guess, in brief, uh, for me, you know, the intention around the company is. Is, uh, is to try and find itself ideally placed, you know, around and in the middle of all things tech change that are going on across policing. And that's not about, you know, uh, beginning to do on behalf of with the local forces, but it's to interact with the local forces, to think about how we can aggreg- aggregate demand, I guess, and, and and solve some of the challenges that we have slightly differently, you know, when we think about, you know, what do some of the, the commercial opportunities look like in, in how we can consume stuff Um, For the greater good, you know, when we look at, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the products that we take are pretty similar across the landscape You know, how do we begin to consolidate from a commercial relationship? How do we think about the the nature of the service wrap that starts to sit around those and you know How do we begin to propose how we might procure smarter and better in that perspective? You know, we want to do some work in the technical advisory and innovation space, you know But ultimately, you know, we want to be there to deliver deliver services that policing law enforcement Uh, ultimately uh, begin to change how we influence um, what we do for the public how we do it and and you know and keep the public as safe as we possibly can through the better use of their money for the services we provide at the same point
2: yes so Wayne Parks my day job is the NEP for national enabling program director and I'm also chair of National Police Technology Council on um, Ian's board, uh, the Police IT Company board, and, and also the co-author of the policing digital strategy with Ian. Um, like Ian, I've been around policing for quite a long time, so coming up to 28 years, most of that in local force. So I was um, IT director at Warwickshire and West Mercia as the alliance um, at that time. I've um, done a number of, technology-based has, has been all my career and most of that time, but I've uh, done other things, leading the collaboration between the, the two forces, um, Deputy Director of Business Services as well, so I've diversified a bit, but I've always had technology in that portfolio and that is my specialist area. So I guess between us, we've got a fair bit of knowledge and experience of technology in policing and also understanding of the, the policing business. So my two roles, National Enabling Programme, for those who don't know, um, has three main elements to it. So the rollout of Office 365, so the productivity services uh, and suite that, that comes with that. Um, IAM, so Identity Access Management Platform, using the, the Microsoft toolset to manage identity into the cloud. And thirdly, National Management Center, which is really the, the cybersecurity center for policing, managing the cloud environment and wider stuff around the obviously growing threat, the cyber threat that's there, and um, making sure we can respond to that and manage that centrally across policing. So that's the three components. National Police Technology Council is, uh, is made up of and is the group of IT directors across all law enforcement agencies. So, it's more than just the 43 forces of England and Wales. So, we have representation from um, all the law enforcement, so 50 odd agencies represented there. So, we meet a number of times a year um, to um, share, engage, you know, share best practice, engage what's going on with national programs, common challenges, um, influence, national direction, and, and really just. Try to work better as a community, so I chair that group and represent the group in a number of national forums. Uh, we have representation from the wider group on national programs, um, you know, so we can bring that real end user uh, perspective, you know, local force perspective into the, the kind of national direction for policing technology. And
0: um, I suppose then, just to help set the scene, if we're going to talk about kind of current. Um Technology and and how the police force is kind of um, dealing with that and and incorporating that and looking at kind of future capabilities. Is it is it possible to kind of set the scene on that and and talk about where we're at at the moment with technology? Um, you know, is when we're looking at the whole of the public sector. Um, so there's some areas that are perhaps, especially in light of recent events, you know, quite uh, really kind of utilising technology. Where would we say that um, the police sit?
2: Obviously, if we look back a little while, coming out a period of um, austerity um, and maybe going back into austerity, but obviously a challenge around investment in technology has been there for many years within policing um, and a considerable legacy estate um, right across policing that, that we're dealing with. So. Um, Primarily, the work in the, the the last few years has been around modernization, so bringing a lot of that stuff together, starting the migration to cloud is um, across all forces but you know there have been some significant achievements over the recent years in mobility and things like body worn video now is is in most forces and being rolled out really quickly and you know is a real commodity type product now um an awful lot of work going on around collaboration in technology, um, in, in forces, in regional groups to to see where we can share. A lot of that's driving out costs, but also sharing um, advances um, and um, new delivery. But I guess coming on to my own program, um, National Enabling Program, as we've talked about, really a different approach to delivering technology, about blueprinted from the centre all the heavy lifting done once at the center and delivered locally. Um, It's what we've been doing over the last couple of years. Um, And we're in a really good position coming up to the COVID-19 position, um, being able to exploit the Microsoft Teams technology, people working from home. We've accelerated delivery across a number of forces to be able to exploit that. And also things like single online homes, moving towards a common portal um, for policing from the, the public perspective. So I think we are starting to see a change of working together better, more closely, to be able to deliver things quicker and and not redoing the the same pieces of work over and over again across different forces.
1: Yeah, no, I think Wayne's right, Rebecca. I think you know, for me, when we look at uh, some of the investments and some of the strides that you know we've we've tried to push forward, certainly over the last two or three years, you know, we started to recognise that there is. A chance, um, you know, I think where I said previously, you know, when we look at aggregation, the capability to be able to do some stuff in singular fashion, when we talk about concept and design, not always about deployment, but, you know, we're taking a real change around, you know, recognizing where central capability can begin to make a bit of a difference. You know, anybody who knows about uh, anything about policing from a tech and digital perspective, you know, when we look at the technology landscape, we've been trying for for a number of years, you know, to think about the impact of modernized technology, connected connected technology, and all of those things that begin to influence new ways of working. You now, we had the MPIA that disappeared as a quango probably nigh on, eight, nine, ten years ago now. Um, And, you know, we've taken some of what we learned then uh, as as a principles base to be able to take us forward, you know? And again, you look at the successes of Wayne's program, we look at some of the investments we made into the digital policing program, we've got uh, transforming forensics who, probably from a slightly very different perspective, but are looking at the the corralling and cohesion of national process, you know, and how we think more collegiately about single points of investment into some of this work moving forward. And really, you know, and, and the whole enabling perspective of from the center around what the realization of digital and tech can begin to mean for us working Working across all of those agencies and forces as Wayne has rightly recognized You know need some coordination and that that's the stuff that we're now beginning to shape So I think you know there is a change Certainly on the landscape the way that we begin now to certainly have conversations. I think differently with suppliers I think we're becoming a better customer I think we're slowly becoming more informed as well. Um, you know, when we look at some of the products that we started to put together. Um, you know, there is a there is a there's a there's a sea change, I guess.
0: Mm. Do you think um that um when you're saying that sea change is a lot of that down to a cultural shift? You know, we hear a lot with um with technology across the board. A lot of the time it's getting people to truly adopt it to see the benefits of it is is often just some a, a mindset that we have, isn't it? And especially with policing, you know, it feels like it's definitely it's uh you know people want to be out there and want, want to be doing the work directly and sometimes technology might be seen as a barrier to that when if you don't understand it's kind of um, the the benefits it can bring. Is, uh, has that been the case um, in the police or is it have they have people always been aware of the benefits that it can bring? Is there still more work to be done to change that cultural mindset do you think?
2: I, I think most people have been aware of the benefits it can bring, but we, we haven't moved particularly fast in being able to do that. And probably along the way, we've delivered some, some technology that's not been great, so that, that's not helped us move forward. You know, Ian talked about connected technology, you know, really looking at that officer experience. So, you know, it just works. And, and probably a really good example in my program is something like Teams that everybody is using now. Um, You know, policing have adopted that really quickly. Officers love it at the front line because commodity technology, really easy to use, you know, no big training overhead, it just works, it's intuitive. You know, that's more of the technology we need to deliver that is is easy to use. And and the really good thing, obviously, about moving to cloud-based technology and probably for the first time in policing when Microsoft bring in new functionality like we've done recently around the new nine screens and other bits of functionality around Teams, policing have got that instantly. So the recognition of that across policing has been quite profound because officers say to us and have been saying to us for a long time, I want technology that's as good as my technology at home, i.e. it's easy to use, it's always up to date. So they've seen that when they've seen it published across Social media, you know, Microsoft bringing out the nine-screen version—they've got it on the same day. That has been quite a sea change and a really positive response.
1: I guess for me, um, yeah, Rebecca, I think as Wayne, Wayne describes, I think it's in bit part. You know, we, we are beginning to see some successes, which is great. You know, um, uh, ultimately to keep pace, you know, I think there is there's some stuff that we are going to have to take some tough decisions on. You know, our governance is is pretty complex. You know, when we think about the nature of so many of ambitions that we've got, you know, when you look through the strategy, you know, the capabilities it won't have. You know, we talk about pooling sovereignty, and what does that mean? Well, I think, you know, when we talk about pooling sovereignty, for me, you know, whether that's about resources, whether that's about costs, um, whether that's the capability to to co decision make. You know, when we look across, you know, whether the operational landscape of the Office of the Chief Constable, that of the role of the Police and Crime Commissioner. Then how we begin, I think you know when we look at um, uh, some of the corporate that begins, the nature begins to change. You know where we talk about co-alignment of decision making and investment with purpose, that I think is some of the nature of some of the the change that we want to bring through. You know do do new folk uh, coming in from a from a work experience perspective, you know when we begin to to create the nature of. Um, uh, you know, a career base from a policing perspective, is is policing still a 30-year career journey, or is it now becoming much more of that relaxed, in and out, uh, change development like we see across uh, other points of the public sector, other points of uh, the private world? And I guess, you know, there, there's a bit for me that says, you know, we have seen some inhibitors over the years, um, you know, where we've, you know, a highly rank orientated organization, lots of personal respect, lots of professionalism. You know, at times we've seen maybe some of that get in the way, that creates some layers of obstruction, some layers of dissonance. You know, where we've not always followed through from decision making from the top, or actually decision making that's that elsewhere in governance. And you know, there's a lot for us to do. I think for me to to really begin to think about what some of the rationalisation of that looks like that allows us to get bang, bang for buck, I guess, end to end in in the way that we start to look at the nature of reshaping what some of this. Uh, the future will look like from our, certainly from a coordination and enabling of of digital for for the years to come. I, I think what Ian's describing there is
2: it's exactly the rationale of why we moved and why we instigated the work around the national policing digital strategy because yeah. bringing all of that together, you know, the people were understanding the benefit digital will bring, but didn't have we didn't have a consolidated view about where is it going to take us, what is that roadmap. Look like actually, you know, what's it going to achieve in terms of outcomes? So, very much doing the the work, producing the the strategy, was key for us to to get that common ambition and roadmap. You know that then we can get behind and drive both sort of locally, regionally, and nationally. So that, that was a really important milestone, as Ian said about getting signed up to that, about you know the concept of pooling sovereignty and doing something for the greater good to give a a better overall outcome to the communities we serve you know is is all the drive behind the strategy which we launched in um, January of this year seems like a lifetime ago but everything has happened since but um, you know which has been positively <coughs> received Now we're starting to work on how, how do we deliver that you know how do we start to move that ambition forward
0: um, I want to talk about the uh, digital strategy so how has it been since the launch? Obviously, you said lots has happened since then. Um, have you been able to to progress?
1: You know, Rebecca, I come back to my point that I just made. You know, there are many moving parts and, 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 and much that we have to align, certainly from our governance, from our decision-making, from future parts of investment. I come back to some of the bits that, you know, fundamentally I think we've lacked uh, for some time, and that's not going back to wholly some of the principle-based stuff that we've had before. But you know, really beginning to have a chance to think about, you know, where, you know, what do we begin to predicate future investment on? You know, what's being what what's starting to shape and influence our landscape? How do we begin to revive? I think what's been a pretty stagnant police tech marketplace um, for for many a year now. You know, we've seen the same suppliers. Um lengthy contracts um a lack of capability to transform, I think, and there might be varying reasons that that have sat behind that you know for me, how do we think about you know what the future of that looks like, and you know one of the the big impacts that I want to have is that you know we do want to influence our tech suppliers, we do want to create a landscape where we can bring a uh, new supply base in you know why do we see um other sectors? you know, consume tech well, you know, how, you know, where where does their risk appetite lie in, you know, and how we consume tech that's being consumed internationally. You know, how do we begin to reflect on that and really get that to to begin to work for us across the whole of the system, you know? And importantly, I guess there are some. There will be some big decisions for us to make around that, you know. And ultimately, how do we start to think about, you know, the nature of our data and how it became it can become, become to influence across uh, the wider parts of the public sector in the same vein. Uh, yeah,
2: so I, I guess the you, know, you think about the call to action that that we left at the end of the strategy is that we need a coordinated and concerted effort across policing to move digital forward. I think Rebecca, one of your earlier questions was. You know how how mature are we in this area and we're not is the, the honest answer we've done an awful lot over the last few year, years you know to to implement some of the tech we've talked about but we're still pretty immature really about exploiting it particularly around the business change the real transformation stuff so pretty much since we've, we've launched the strategy obviously been a lot of conversation engaging um across sectors from uh, through We did big sessions through Tech UK with suppliers, with a lot of engagement individually with different suppliers, you know, across senior leadership in policing, you know, to get a bit more detail behind it, a bit more common understanding, and an awful lot of work with Home Office, because home office are a big part of the the delivery of, of police tech. So lots of engagement. And we are now working up what does the coordination bit look like. So You know, it leaves a clear message to say we need a capability at the centre to do that coordination right across policing, across law enforcement, you know, other agencies reaching out into the home office. It needs a much more coordinated approach. So Ian and I have been working that up with senior leadership and the police ICT company board because we very much see the police ICT company being the the catalyst for that in terms of providing that coordinating uh, capability, so we've been hard at work working that up. We're part of the way through with the board of mapping that out exactly what that looks like. So we've we've made you know it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff at the moment, but that will start to change over the coming months as we we land the capability, we can actually start setting out the roadmap and what are the next initiatives. Um, that we, we want to move forward with, you know, but based on what's the the next need. COVID obviously has got in the way a little bit of that in terms of progressing some stuff, but I think we've got a really clear idea how we
1: want to move forward now, In Yeah, I think that's right. And I guess, you know, the, the big thing for me, Rebecca, is that we're going to have to balance, you know, there is some momentum that's needed behind all of this. You know, we come back, you know, and, and Wayne and I are awfully proud of, I think the product that's been produced. When you look at the strategy in its entirety, you know we look at the buy-in that we've achieved. You know we're now beginning to move into the next steps. You know what does um, buy-in really mean? You know when we talk about the influence, we talk about um, the, the shape that we want to have for the future. And you know Wayne's talked about some of the governance that that we wish to create and purposely begin to you know reuse the police IT company in in some of that fashion. You know, but what is it, you know, what does buy-in truly mean? You know, and how do we make sure that we get those partnership engagements right with the wider law enforcement community, with, you know, the Home Office? How do we work with the Home Office in a couple of veins, I guess. You know, there is clearly stuff around policy, regula- regulation, legislation, and thinking about all good things, ethics and then and the nature of what could prohibit prohibit us, you know, consuming new technology at pace. And you know, and clearly we're seeing um, a wealth of hesitation at this point, you know, and rightly so when we look at what's going on globally um, uh, with the impacts across, you know, many of the major corporations that we engage with, you know, primarily in the U.S. You know, what are those what are those new blockers to consumption of some of those new technologies? You know, we look at the impact now of probably to facial recognition, AI. We're seeing the likes of IBM, Microsoft. Uh, AWS coming out and saying that, you know, we, we're going to put capabilities of those on slow burn while we think about, you know, impacts into US law, maybe into UK law, you know, how do you shape that? But then on the other side of the fence, you know, when we talk about consumption technology from the home office, actually, how we become a greater, more informed, I guess, intelligent client for the way that we want to be able to consume stuff moving forward. And I guess, you know, historically, we've not been very good at that. Um, And we have to get much so and I guess that builds you know that builds on a perspective then for for the wider delivery of the strategy You know when we look at the themes, you know How do we begin to use you know some of that central coordination to really begin to influence? Recognize where capability and capacity also sits within uh, you know within our reach So it's not always about us doing everything ourselves. How do we commission out get product delivered? How do we achieve quick wins while we're also thinking about the nature of some of the long term peaks. you know, we've, you know, this strategy takes a 10 year look and we want it to be dynamic. We want it to, to continue to evolve and iterate as we begin to think about the changing natures, not only about, you know, the public, the public societal state, uh, but that then also of, you know, of how technology will shift and change over that period of time. But, you know, more importantly, what do we do to react to that? You know, and, and I guess there is a, there's a bit of a reset that we need to have behind that internally as well.
0: So um, coronavirus permitting then, uh, what's your timeline now? What's your next step, I guess, or your, your biggest priority next on your list?
2: So, so I guess going back to what we just talked about is, is getting that capability in place. So you know we, we have the, the resource, the right level of, of capability to drive this forward, but then working out what does the roadmap look like? Where do we start? How do we commission some of that new work? going forward in terms of where we go next, very much engaging widely on that, you know, with the community I represent, National Police Technology Council, in 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 terms of, you know, where what are the next piece of work we need to do, bearing in mind, you know, we, we've got some big home office programmes, you know, they've got some challenges, so, you know, we've got to work alongside landing some of those, and I guess piecing it all together, but, you know, very much the You know, as you were seeing the strategy, data is is the huge element of that. How do we use our data better, ethically, wisely, but actually enable us to make better decisions is going to absolutely be a big part of this going forward. So how do we get the kind of data models right so we can join up? You know, we can do the connected technology bit that that it talks about because that's what the frontline staff need to know, you know, their decisions are based on threat, risk, and harm all the time. So we need to en- enable them with the right level of um, information so they can make the best decisions early doors and the whole investigation piece, you know, the the data sets are massive now, as we know, you know, right across the piece. So that, that's kind of what we need to get into next, but we, we need a bit of um, horsepower, i.e. in terms of some of the capacity and the people to drive that forward.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, you know, Wayne's absolutely right, you know, data data becomes uh, the natural enabler. I think that, you know, when we think about the importance of how we turn that into to good and proper information that well, I guess we've not always had, you know, uh, it would be really easy to want to boil the ocean. I think for me, you know, when we look at the natural, the natural part of data and its and its expansion of, you know, what we consume and how we consume it and how we share it, you know, there is a wealth of work for us to do in, in all of those phases. You know, and I guess importantly, we have to begin to prioritise as well. At the same point, which which parts of data, you know, if our data is not up to the quality and the the standard that we suspect it might not be at times, you know, how do we go through those paths of correction to make sure that it is good and proper in the way that we want to move forward? I guess then, as you know, as Wayne has rightly recognised, you know, there is you know there are some you know some planets that we need to align. You know, there's a wealth of delivery that continues to occur across the landscape. How do we make sure that we get the balance of that right, while you know we become more informed, you know there will naturally be some some benchmarking and baselining. I think we got to do, you know, we call out in the strategy that we we spend 1.4 1.5 billion pounds a year on technology. You know, how do we make sure that we are getting the best from that that we possibly can do? You know, and if that's about, you know, whether the you know the the spend limit continues to be or the spend line continues to be 1.5 billion for the for the years to come how we're making sure that we're getting the best from that you know and whether again i come back to that point you know whether that's about commercials whether some of that's about decision making on uh, capable and common technologies you know the enhancement and interaction of new technologies you know there is a there's a there's a lot of work for us to do in that space
0: um if i may can i talk about coronavirus Um, I mean, we've seen in recent weeks, we've seen the public sector really embrace technology like never before. Um, We've seen transformation change, you know, move faster than it ever has. Um, We've seen things be implemented in days rather than weeks, months and years. Um, I want to ask you kind of what has that meant for police technology? Um, So from from what you've seen and heard, has has this been an accelerator for for tech in, in police so far?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Through my own program, the National Enabling Program, it's been massive. So uh, fully transformational. I think it's been just through necessity. Um, and interestingly, amongst the senior leadership, we've had um, a couple of reflections now to say we we can deploy technology at pace. At pace, we can transform at pace. You know, when we're in a crisis. So why can't we do that normally? So there's been. Quite a bit of conversation to say. So, what are the blockers normally that have stopped us that have been taken away that we can move forward really quickly? But you know, things that we would have wouldn't have even thought about about using some of the technology have happened um, really quickly. But some of that has also been about the 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 public being enabled to do that. So, you know, we're taking. As a for instance, witness statements via video. You know, but but because people have been at home, they've got used to video technology. If we'd have said that probably even six months ago, you know, public said, "No, I don't want to do that. I don't have access to video technology." But you know, so whole of society has moved on at pace, which is a an enabler, you know, almost to us as well about being able to use. But you know, massive with everybody working from home, so. Meetings right up to Chief's Council now being held on Teams. So, Chief's getting really engaged with it, seeing it firsthand, thinking, actually, this is really good. You know, we need to roll it out quicker. So, you know, leadership right from the top has been big. But, you know, almost wherever you can think of, you know, solicitor consultations, said witness statements, briefings, you know, gold, silver, bronze, command management, um, training, you know, an awful lot of virtual classroom stuff going on you know, operational agility everywhere in terms of from superintendent extensions, from streaming from scene to sharing with CPS. So, you know, a a massive amount, Rebecca, as you say, change has happened, you know, so we need to make sure now as we go forward that we embed that, much of that stays and we, we build on it, you know, we don't regress back from that point. But right across the public sector, as you say, it has been a, a big enabler for technology and an awful lot's happened in a short period of time. Mm.
1: Yeah, I guess to me that there's a couple of real pluses is that I think um, it's created an incredible amount of trust. I'm not sure our leadership um, across the landscape have had the trust that they've now had in technology over the last 12 or 13 weeks in the nature of how we've reflected and driven change and seeing these new techs uh, embraced in the way that Wayne has uh, just articulated, and I guess for me, you know, we have, we have to make hay with that. And there is a is a wealth of work, you know, when we talk about the nature of the digital workforce, that of the digital officer, how, you know, supporting uh, our support staff becoming integrated into that same vein, and what the nature of how we reflect and how we change as an organisation. Now, what influence can tech and digital enable enabling truly begin to have into the heart of our operating model and the way that we consider the management of our workforce? I think there are you know, a, a heap of new questions, Rebecca, for me, that will have now been asked of us because of, you know, having these very capable technologies and very astute and, and clever people who work amongst our organizations who can think about the use of what this tech can truly begin to enable. I think, you know, we've, we've seen all of that come to the fore, you know, and we talk about, you know, the word innovation quite loosely, you know, with the experience of people associating that innovation is always about, you know, bringing in, you know, the the future and future tech. But, you know, for us, innovation is a real drive around using the tech like we haven't used it before to do stuff fundamentally very different. You know, how do we get that interaction from across the landscape to, you know, for people to feel really encouraged that they can begin to trust and utilize the tech in a way that, the way that they wish to do so. that you know, really informs in the best fashion, the way that they can begin to carry out uh, their job on a day-to-day basis. And I think, you know, the more and more that we continue to do that, the more and more that we deliver and consume well, you know, and some of that will come back to the point of the strategy, you know, where we talk about, you know, uh, the adoption of of COTS products and, and, you know, and the whole off the shelf feature around how we consume stuff in that fashion, you know, I guess for us, you know, COTS, and the natural path of uh, consuming stuff directly from the shelf with with minimal bespoken rather than probably seen in the way that we've been guilty of in the past and thinking, you know, people associate us with police off the shelf, i.e., we consume a product, then we bespoke the hell out of it. Um, it. You know, it's given us a whole new reflection on what some of the future of that looks like. So it fits it us. Gears us up really well for you know how we adapt to think about what you know our engagement with the supply chain now starts to look like, but also very much internally.
2: Yeah, so I, so I guess one of the the big changes, you know, we like a lot of public service, we're quite risk adverse in policing, you know, for for very very valid reasons about you know security, about availability, all those strong sort of things. <laughs> so almost just that moving to the cloud, you know, has been. Nervous for a lot of forces. Well, this has kind of forced the issue and then proven it, you know, in terms of its resilience. You know, will it, will it cope if I've got a major incident, you know, when we move to Office 365? They're all very valid questions and we're worrying people. So we've kind of gone past that. You know, we, we've proven the technology and, you know, the, the utilisation obviously has been massive. So I think that has opened the door for other things now that people are thinking okay you know and it may sound a little bit backward but you know cloud technology COT stuff can be the answer so I think it's opened the door to more things and
0: um, well I, I think you touched on it a little bit there and you said about um, you know make there's some work to be done to ensure that we kind of um, the the solutions that have been adopted perhaps temporarily and quite quickly now to to cope with a crisis there's so much more opportunity to Um, to use that going forward isn't it you know to not just see it as a a temporary stopgap you know they've seen it's had a very real use case seen the benefits of it okay it might need to be refined or adjusted for kind of long-term use i suppose but is there lots of work to be done to ensure that those digital solutions do stay in place now or do you think we've seen the benefits enough in recent weeks that it will just carry on now
1: no, I think we. I think there's a confidence that's been that's been increased, Rebecca. I think you know the the stuff. You know whether, you know it's informed by national program capability in the way that you know Wayne has uh, as you know talked about the national enablers. You know I think that that trust is there. You know and trust is clearly implicit implicit to create confidence to make sure that you know we continue to evolve and create success and. You know, I don't think I don't think we'll see for anybody one now wanting to step back. I think there'll be a real impetus around, you know, what do we do to influence the executive moving forwards? You know, how do we make that involving investment into digital leadership uh, moving forwards? You know, how do we make sure that we're making that investment into you know, uh, I guess our IT, uh, our, our IT provision. And again, whether that's, you know, a balance of local, whether the stuff that some of the stuff that we're talking about locally that allows us to continue to look holistically and in. And enhance. I think there are, you know, there are some significant wins here that ultimately I think probably will lead to the evolution of um, a new operating model uh, uh, for 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 policing across England and Wales and the wider. Uh, for sure, certainly from a lot of the snippets, you know, that we sit as part of, as part of some of those those national meetings and national governance. You know, I think there is a real intent now to to actually make hay and, and really begin to look forwards, Wayne. Yeah, I think
2: the the challenge is going to be now that the more complex stuff, you know, I think Mm -hmm. we've done a lot of the basics with the tech we have rolled out to meet an immediate need. And, you know, our maturity, again, is very low in the real transformation stuff, you know, about really thinking about, we, we think about current processes, and trying to digitize them, you know, rather than thinking, how can we fundamentally change how we do things in a digital world. And that that's the mindset shift we're starting to get, but I think we need to do more of that, and we have um, a business change council, which is just going through a reset now, but I think bringing the business change community together now, sharing best practice, sharing good ideas, sharing you know new innovation stuff that's going on you know the advantage of what we've done around the national enabling programs is a central blueprint so if if Cumbria do something really clever, um, you know Norfolk and Suffolk can can use it instantly because it's based on the same blueprint, so that concept is is really landing now, and people are starting to understand that so from a technology perspective, we've got some great opportunities you know we've still got to mature in the the business change side, and that's what Ian and I are trying to push a, a, around that at the moment that increase in our capability.
0: Uh, The way you've been talking, it really sounds like there's lots of different elements that are really kind of coming together now. and We're getting lots of momentum behind it. So we're starting to see some real change. Um, Earlier on, I think you mentioned um, recruiting um, into the sector. And and as we all know, we're kind of in the middle of a fairly large recruitment drive at the moment, aren't we? Um, Is this kind of a good opportunity to see further change as well? I don't want to rely on the old, you know, we're bringing in younger people. So therefore, they're going to be more um, you know willing to take on the technology i don't want to go down that route but as such but just the fact that there are new faces coming in um people who you know haven't used previous legacy systems perhaps is this another opportunity for us as well to see kind of accelerate change in the sector yeah
1: uh, yeah um, uh, without a shadow of a doubt you know we've we you know whether we're talking about the management of the national uplift and the significant increase you know we'll see in you know officer base, you know, there's a. I think everything you know that we talk about is is uh, to complement uh, work or go, but also to challenge the mold. You know, and against where we where we have been previously. Um, you know, the nature of. You know, we're reminded rightly that you know, I guess one third, I think, of our workforce uh, in 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 the short time will have less than five years experience. So there's a whole, there's a real opportunity to. To begin to reshape and rightly influence, you know, right to the very heart of what we do and how we do it, you know, and I come back to the importance of the operating model, you know, and the ask of what we are going to enable, you know, and I think that has to be, you know, one of the key things here. We don't want the technology tail to wag the dog, you know, and I think that's becoming quite evident, you know, when we talk about discussion across the landscape from a leadership perspective, you know, there is... You know, there's a real caution around uh, the points of investment because, you know, Wayne has rightly said, no, no surprise, austerity is likely to come back. How do we invest with caution? How do we get those investments right? You know, how do we, how do we live and learn from where uh, experiences have been that people come to us because it's not always going to be about uh, new uh, 19, 20, 20-somethings. There are, you know, people coming into our environments all the time with significant backgrounds. Lots of learning uh, that they can bring with them. You know, how do we continue to reflect on that? How do we watch what's going on um, across sector? How do we watch what's going on internationally? You know, there is there are, there are parts of good uh, good learning to be taken from everywhere. And I think you know, as long as we've got you know, we've got all wits about us. You know, and I get you know, we come back to that point of some of this stuff that we want to do from a coordination perspective about being able to do that. Then something says to me, we'll be on a on a path to really begin to think about how. We begin to transform, you know, our piece of the sector uh, once and for all. You know, there is a there's a wealth of capability, there is a wealth of opportunity to really begin to to succeed and and see stuff done differently for for a long period of time now. And and you know, we have to make the most of that.
2: Yeah, right? obviously it's a massive opportunity with that scale of of um, change in our workforce. So you know, we will be recruiting something like fifty thousand plus new officers. That's a massive opportunity for you know a big change in in diversity in in all kinds of factors you know we need to embrace that lots of new thinking coming in you know as as you say rebecca not not shaped by some of our legacy systems in the past um you know there's a lot of work going on to increase digital knowledge and learning so the police ict company is supporting a, a program through college of policing and to look at how, how does that happen how can we support that learning um, lots of work going on in my own program in, in NEP about um, digital learning, how do we use the Office 365 platform to increase knowledge at the front line, you know, short video snippets, all of that that kind of stuff, because it's a, it's a complex world now. The front line staff have to go in about capturing digital, digital evidence, what's gone on, you know, every household, every place of work now is full of technology. You know, and in it, this quite a complex area, that you need um, a decent level of knowledge to understand what's what's relevant. You know, what do I need to look at? Um, where do I go? And there is quite a bit of work going on because we got this great opportunity of um, you know new staff coming in. So I, I think it's um, it's a it's a big opportunity, and it feels like we we are heading towards making the most of it with all the work that's going on at the moment.
0: Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. Um, I've just got one more question. Um, so we talked earlier about um, attracting different suppliers, perhaps, to the sector. Or, and I know uh, the wording in the strategy says uh, we need to create a vibrant marketplace. And um, so how you, and again, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but is there any advice um, you could offer suppliers um, who have new innovations are thinking of coming to um, the police sector, but perhaps haven't in the past? Um, for various reasons is now the time for them to approach is is now the right time for them to get involved with the sector uh,
1: So, yeah, so I guess for me if anybody thinks that you know when they've read the strategy and they have ob- You know and they think they've got viable product that they can continue to make a difference clearly You know, we're going through a reset as well Rebecca and you know, and there is a balance that we need to get right um, that one we understand what our ask of the supply chain looks like, you know, what sectors and areas you know, when we you know, of, of product that we, we're going to begin to look at. You know, we we never say no. We've we've got a pathway of engagement. Um, you know that through the police IT company, um, you know we've got you know there's a website there with with all the details and a point of engagement where where suppliers can come along and do that and begin to ask some of those questions. You know, we're all for standing up uh, framework of of many different capability and you know and, and that all becomes very visible as well. I guess. You know the one point of maybe the you know, hesitance I have at this point is that you know we want you know we want to understand our ask, we want to understand you know from ourselves you know what we're going to try and achieve. We need to get some principles in place, I think, across the landscape um, for us to think about the future consumption of product and and how we might be enabled. Um, but what we're certainly not doing is shutting the door to to suppliers. That's for sure. So if they do think they're in a space where you know, they can begin to bring new game-changing stuff, or even if it's just about enhancing capabilities that we've already got. You know, we talk about that, you know, innovation space and I come back to the point of everything is not about futures. You know, if people have got and suppliers have got stuff that can come along and can complement and, you know, and work with us to think about how products might fit, then, you know, I think for us, you know, that, that door is firmly open. Um, and
2: Yeah, like, we we want to come back to the marketplace with much more clarity about... The blueprint of the architecture of technology and policing so we we can encourage the marketplace to start heading in that direction because the the market as it stands is you know it, it's part of the solution and part of the problem because we we've got to move some of our current suppliers much more quickly but the, the pace is too slow you know in terms of adopting new stuff so how how do we work with suppliers to to move some of that on you know absolutely how do we bring new ideas innovation new suppliers because they have told us really clearly to say it is so difficult to break into the policing market so how do we change that you know that is part of the ambition of the strategy um not quite there yet but you know we we know where we want to go we've, we've just got to get that in place so we can make that happen but a bit of groundwork to do first because we need to be clear about where we're going, um, then, then you know, it, I'm, I know for current suppliers going to be lots of competition, so that's challenging, um, but it's the best for, for policing in terms of getting the, the better outcomes. So, you know, we, we can't do this without suppliers. Suppliers are the, uh, it, the the capability on the ground that are working with local forces in many areas to, to implement the ambition that's set out in the strategy, so they're, they're a key key part of the, the cog of making this all happen and you know a big chunk of the money that Ian's talked about that we spend is with partner organisations. So we want good value but we want good innovation. We want we want to drive the the ambition that's in the, the strategy, you know, in collaboration with the marketplace. You know, so we we will have regular sessions, you know, we, we're talking to suppliers on a one to one basis every week, myself and Ian have some sessions with different suppliers. You know, just going through that where we are, because you know they have all come back to us and said we don't really understand where policing is going, so we find it very difficult to understand where our specialism can fit in. So, a lot of work to do, but I think we've started making progress in that
1: area. Yeah, yeah Wayne's absolutely right. You know, the the one thing for sure that's not lost on us is, is we have to be a better joined-up customer, based on our expectations in in greater fashion than we probably have a, have done previously. You know, when we talk about the nature of wanting to have a blueprint of some form, and, and how we might inform that, and actually, you know, what are some of the standards that, you know, we want those suppliers to be able to meet in the future? You know, I genuinely believe we, you know, we're heading down a pathway. You know, we think about the nature of transformation and, and that whole thing around how we consume, how we want to consume, you know, and and how we help, you know, suppliers come along, evolve, you know, their product, you know. And I guess I mean, you know, I fully appreciate it. we're not working in a greenfield space all the time. There will be You know, some suppliers who've been with us for a long time, and we're going to ask an awful lot of them about how we want them to change and how we want their product to change to continue to need and meet our demand. There's a wealth of maturity that we need to increase in our space, uh, for sure. Um, But, you know, that reflective need that we're going to have on what we consume, how we want to consume it, and ultimately what we want it to do for us, um, you know, is going to change over the years ahead, that's for sure.